Uh, it's a joy to see you all here tonight, um, ready to worship the Lord as God's people in prayer. And um, tonight we're going to be continuing our Wednesday night studies on the prayers of Paul that he's written down for us in the letters of the New Testament. And we're going to be attempting to learn from him how to pray in accordance to God's will for the praise of God's glory. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. In other words, Paul was saying, do what I do when I'm doing what Christ does. <laughs> uh, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And we saw in our opening, uh, our opening messages that one of the things that Paul did in imitation of Christ was become a man of prayer. We saw in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus was marked by a spirit of prayer. He would pray to the Father before and after the day, before and after successes, before and after trials. And we also learned in our introductory messages from the book of Acts that Paul imitated Christ in this regard. Paul prayed before and after times of ministry. He prayed before and after major journeys. He would go on and he would pray before and after spiritual and physical trials. And so when it comes to prayer, Paul was a man who imitated Christ. And therefore, as we seek to follow Jesus and become people of prayer for ourselves then the Spirit calls on us through His Word to learn from the Apostle Paul how to pray, to imitate him as he imitates Christ. And so what we're starting to do as a church is to sit down with the Apostle Paul and listen in on his prayers, to learn from him as he prays to the Lord. We're going to learn from Scripture, from Paul's prayers, what to adore, what to appreciate, what to ask, what to admonish, and what to amen in our own prayers. And right now we're in the middle of discovering what we ought to adore, for, uh, adore God for in prayer, what we ought to simply just praise and worship God uh, for simply because of who He is in Himself. So often we fall into asking God for something, or maybe even thanking Him for something that He's done, but how often in our prayers do we simply praise Him and adore Him for who He is in Himself? He is worthy of worship, simply because of who He is. And so we ought to worship Him in prayer as God's people. Uh, and we ought to adore him. And what, do we ought, what, what ought we to adore God for? Well, we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4, through 4, that we ought to adore God for being the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction. We saw from Romans 11, verse 36, that we ought to adore God for being the God of all wonder, for from him and through him or to him are all things. And then last week in Romans 16, 27, we saw that we ought to adore God for being the God of all change the one who is able to strengthen us in order to bring about the obedience of the faith. And so tonight, we're going to see yet another reason why we ought to worship and adore God in prayer, and that is because our God is the God of all blessing. He is the God of all blessing. This comes from Ephesians chapter 1, which is where we're going to be tonight. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So here, in this passage, Paul adores God for being the God of all blessing. But before we go on any further, let's ask the Lord to open the eyes of our heart to see His glory tonight from His Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for the privilege we have this evening to approach you in prayer. 
We thank You so much for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ which was shed on our behalf all those years ago. Father, we thank You that it was effective for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins so that this evening we can come boldly before You and ask for the grace that we need during this hour. Father, we do pray that You would help us at this time to understand Your Word. We pray that Your Spirit would accompany its teaching so that we would understand the things that are freely given to us in Christ. And Father, we pray that You would show us afresh Your glory as who You are, the God of all blessing. Remind us of the blessings You have given to us so that we might be able to adore You tonight in prayer simply because of who You are. For You are a God that is worthy of worship and worthy of praise and worthy of the adoration of Your people. So do a work within our hearts, we pray tonight, for Your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1 begins a prayer of adoration that doesn't end until verse 14. And so obviously we're not going to go extremely in-depth tonight, but nevertheless I want you to see from all the blessings that God has blessed you with in Christ that He indeed is the God of all blessings, and therefore He ought to be worshipped and adored tonight in prayer. And God, being the God of all blessing. Uh, begins in verse 3 where we discover that in Jesus, God has blessed me with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to give. Paul writes in Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Paul tells us here that we should bless God, we should praise God, we should adore God in prayer, just as he does here, because God has given to us in Christ every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Everything that heaven has to give, every blessing, every gift is ours because we are in Christ. Many people long for spiritual blessing, yet reject the Son through whom blessing comes. There is no blessing found from God outside the person of Christ. But in Him, you find every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. As Romans 6 uh, tells us, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation, you have been baptized. You have been immersed. You have been plunged into Jesus Christ. In fact, Ephesians 2, verse 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly places. It doesn't say He will seat us with Him. It says He already has seated us with Him in the heavenly places. In other words, in a spiritual sense, because you are in Christ Jesus, you are in the presence of God right now. And now, as God in heaven sees you in Christ, He showers upon you every good and perfect gift He has to give without exception. Every spiritual blessing that heaven has to give. And so, just looking at the first verse, we can say, "Blessed, let's bless the Lord, right? Oh my soul, let's adore Him. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, for every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus. But Paul doesn't want to want it to leave it there at a very general level. He wants us to explore each one of those blessings that are ours in Christ so that we can adore God for each and every one of them. 
And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to examine briefly each one of these seven blessings that are found in chapter 1 so that we can adore God as the God of all blessing. And so we ought to adore the God of all blessing because first, He has blessed us in Christ with, as we see in verse 4, holiness. Verse 4, holiness. In Jesus, God has chosen me to stand before Him holy and blameless. Listen to Ephesians 1, verse 4. Even as He, that is God, chose us in Him, Christ, before the foundation of the world. Why? So that we might be holy and blameless before Him. We should bless and adore God in prayer tonight because it is amazing that God chose us for Himself out of all of humanity and He should have made this choice to place us into Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. That is amazing when we think about it. That He should look at all of humanity and say, I'm going to take you, Zach Dudenhofer, a sinner in all of your sin and fallenness, and I'm going to make you a saint. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to begin a good work in you until you at last stand before me in glory, holy and blameless. As it says later in Ephesians 2, 21-22, we are being built together into a holy temple in the Lord. So that gift of a holy destiny is ours in Christ Jesus. And it is purely a blessing. It is purely grace. It has nothing to do with us at all. That's why Paul says over in 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, that God saved us and He called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. That's exactly what Paul is saying here in verse 4 of Ephesians 1. And so we ought to adore God as the God of all blessing for the blessing of holiness that is ours in Christ Jesus this evening. We ought to worship God in prayer because of that. So we ought to adore the God of all blessing first because He has blessed us in Christ with holiness. Second, the God of all blessing has blessed us with adoption. That's in verses 5 through 6. In Jesus... The God of all blessings has adopted me into His family. In love, He predestined us for adoption as sons. Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. So why would God take sinners like us, children of wrath like the rest of mankind, and decide while we were yet sinners to make us children of God? The answer is simply because of His love. That's what it says. In love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. No Christian should ever get over that fact. It is marvelous that God in His love, He doesn't say, well... I have loved you, sinner, so now you shall become my slaves. Neither does he say in his love, well, sinner, I will now allow you to become my friend. No, in Christ, Jesus turns to, God turns to you and he says, I'm going to draw you to myself as close as possible. I'm going to adopt you, sinner. I'm going to make you my own child. Ephesians 2.13 says, In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have to ask yourself, how near, as near as a son is to his own father, so you are to God in Christ Jesus. 
God has opened His heart wide open and He has made us in Christ His very own. As Ephesians 2.18 says later, through Him we have, a, we, have, we have access in one spirit to not just God, but to the Father. We can cry to God saying, Abba, Father, as Romans 8.15 says. And that's not because of anything that we've ever done again. It's a gift of God's love to the praise of His glorious grace, Paul says. It's like what John said in John 3, 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Have you lost the wonder of that believer? The blessing of adoption as sons. We ought to adore the God of all blessing for the blessing of adoption that is ours in Christ. Being in the Beloved, God is now our dear Father who showers upon us all the familial love and blessing that heaven has to give. And you know, that would not be possible if it wasn't for the third blessing, the third heavenly blessing that's ours in Christ. See, this keeps on building on itself. That's why Paul can't stop talking, right? Because he's just like, oh my goodness, and this leads to this. We don't adore the God of all blessing because he has blessed us in Christ with holiness. He's blessed us with adoption. Third, he's blessed us with forgiveness. That's in verse 7. In Jesus, God, the God of all blessing, has freed me from all of my sin that I have or will ever commit. He has freed me from all of my sin and condemnation. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. See, we were enslaved to the consequences of our sins, our trespasses, our rebellion against God. And what was the consequences for our sin? Death. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God in a place of eternal torment and punishment called hell. That was the natural consequence of sinning against an infinite God. We were enslaved to the deadly consequences of our sin, headed towards certain judgment, but then Jesus came. And He paid the price to set us free. The price of His own blood. Only a life of eternal worth could satisfy the requirement of eternal death. And Jesus was that eternal life, and He laid it down on our behalf. Titus 2.14 says that Christ gave Himself for us to redeem us from all iniquity. All iniquity. Acts 13.39 says, By Him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed from by the law of Moses. Freed from everything. All iniquity. That is your blessing in Christ. Consider how many sins you have just committed in your own mind and heart this very day. Now add them up for your whole lifetime long. Now consider how many more you will add from this day until you finally enter into glory. Jesus paid it all. All. Christ paid the price to set us free. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Today we can declare I am forgiven of all my sin because I trusted in Jesus Christ who has paid the price for all my iniquity. So adore God as the God of all blessing this evening in prayer for the blessing of forgiveness in Christ that today we are freed from all of sin's condemnation. You ought to worship God because of that. 
We ought to adore the God of all blessing because he has blessed us in Christ with holiness, with adoption, with forgiveness. Fourth, I'd put it this way, with purpose. With purpose, verses 9 through 10, in Jesus God has included me in his ultimate purpose in life. In Jesus, you are a part of God's ultimate purpose of reconciliation and reflection in this world. Ephesians 1, 9 through 10 tells us that God included us in his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. And this is the purpose. This was God's plan to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. See, the God of all blessing is redeeming sinners to himself. Why? Because he is on a mission to reconcile all things to himself, things in heaven and things on earth. And by the grace of God, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you and I are a part of that. We are a little bit of earth that has been reconciled with heaven through the person of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.18 and following says this, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and listen to this, gave us then the ministry of reconciliation. That grand purpose of God, we are now included into it And therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. I implore you on behalf of God, be reconciled to God. You are a part of God's eternal purpose for this universe in Jesus. In Christ, our life has now a purpose, a purpose of reconciliation. And second, it should be mentioned briefly, of reflecting his character. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, Four good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, when God chose us and predestined us in Christ, He determined what our redeemed lifestyle and what our purpose would be. One of good works that reflects His character. And now that we've been redeemed through faith in Christ Jesus, God has taken us into His workshop, as it were, (laughs) and He's made us brand new. And now with new hearts and dwelt by the Holy Spirit of God working within us, we at last have the ability to reflect His glorious character, the very purpose for our existence. And so, in Christ, we don't have to wander around in life like blind men. We have found our purpose for living. It is to call those around us to be reconciled to God, and it is to reflect God's character to a watching world. Why are you not dead and in heaven this very moment? It's because God wants you to call out to those who have not been reconciled to be reconciled, and He wants you to reflect His glory to the watching world. That is why you are still here. Everything else you can do in heaven, but those two things you must do on earth. That's why you are still here. And so while the rest of the world is in agony, wondering, you know, why they're here in Christ, we know our purpose. We know our purpose. So adore the God of all blessing for our divine purpose in Christ. We ought to adore the God of all blessing because he has blessed us in Christ with holiness, adoption, forgiveness, purpose, fifth, with inheritance. In Jesus, God has given me a sure inheritance. Ephesians 1.11 says this, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. The moment we trusted in Christ, we received an inheritance. 1 Peter 1 verse 4 says that because we've been born again, we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, reserved in heaven for you. It's got your name on it. It's got your name on it. You say, well, what is that inheritance? What do I get? It's everything that God has ever promised. Everything that God has ever promised. And if I was to go through all of them, we'd be here for a long time. Let me just run through a few. Do you need wisdom? Do you need love? 
Do you need peace, grace, joy, victory, strength, fulfillment, fellowship, guidance, truth, discernment, heaven, eternal riches, eternal life? Every promise God has ever made is yours in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1 verse 4 says that God has granted to us His very precious and great promises by what means? 2 Corinthians 1.20 All the promises of God find their yes in Christ. So it's yours in Christ Jesus. Because you're in Christ, everything the Father gives Jesus, the Father gives to you. And that's why Paul says in Romans 8 verse 17 that we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Just think about it. That ought to blow our minds. When we offer Christ to someone who does not know Him, we are literally offering them everything in that moment. Everything. The very inheritance that belongs to Christ Himself. This is all God's grace. It's a total gift. It's only ours because of the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. So we ought to adore God tonight as the God of all blessing for such a sure and sweeping inheritance that is ours in Christ. All the promises of God. So we ought to adore the God of all blessing because He has blessed us in Christ with holiness, with adoption, with forgiveness, with purpose, with an inheritance. Sixth, and we only have two more. With hope. Verse 12. In Jesus, God has filled me with hope. Verse 12 says, So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. See, we as believers were the first to do what? To hope in Christ. Christ, right? We trusted in Jesus at the beginning of our salvation and we were not put to shame then, were we? We never will be as we continue to trust in Jesus throughout our lives. Romans 10 verse 11 says, whoever believes in Him will never be put to shame. You will be put to shame if you do not trust in Christ. But if you rely on Him and His promises and His character, you will never be ashamed. Never ever. Jesus is our constant hope, not only for this life, but also for the next. That Jesus rose in victory over sin, we know we can rise in victory and newness of life also. That just as Jesus rose from the dead, we too will one day rise from the dead. And that just as Jesus ascended into glory, we know that we also will ascend with Him into glory also. In Jesus, we have a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul and ever-living hope to the praise of His glory. So we don't adore God tonight because we are not people that have no hope. We are those who have been given the eternal hope found in Christ. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, hope in God, for He will yet save you. He is your Savior and Redeemer. Hope in God. He is the God of all blessing. We have a sure hope of victory, deliverance, and eternal life and glory in Christ. So we ought to adore God tonight in prayer, just like Paul does here, because he has blessed us in Christ with holiness, with adoption, with forgiveness, with purpose for living, with inheritance, with hope, and then finally, seventh, with assurance. He has blessed us in Christ with assurance. Verses 13 through 14. We learn here that in Jesus, God has assured me of my salvation through the down payment of the Holy Spirit. 
Look at what Paul says in verses 13 through 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, in that moment you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. You see, you don't, you don't have to sit there and say, I wonder if I'm making it into heaven. God has given you a guarantee to know that you have received that eternal inheritance. That guarantee is the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. The seal of your future inheritance. See, our salvation is not finished yet. If we were to be honest as believers, we're not yet made perfect. No, we are not. (laughs) We are not yet glorified in the presence of our Father. We are not surrounded by the fulfillment of our promised inheritance. So how do we know that one day we will be? How do we know that we won't goof this all up by the time we get to the end of our life? How do we know that we'll actually make it there and receive all those blessings? Simple. We have been sealed by the God of all blessing. Like a king's signet ring was pressed down in approval upon a law or a transaction, our salvation is sealed as untouchable and irrevocable and as final by God himself, the highest authority in the universe. And if God has approved you, if God is for you, who can be against you? No one and nothing can break that seal. The deal is finished. Salvation is guaranteed. That's what Paul is teaching. You say, well, what's the evidence of it? Answer, it's the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance inheritance until we acquire possession of it. So it's like when a man gives a woman an expensive engagement ring. It's a sign of commitment, right? It's a sign of serious investment. I put too much money into this relationship. I won't back out now. I mean, that's a crass way of putting it, but that's kind of what it is. as well so we adore the god of all blessing for in christ by the holy spirit we are eternally secure in the saving promises of god so we adore the god of all blessing because he has blessed us in christ with holiness with adoption with forgiveness with purpose with inheritance with hope and with divine assurance second corinthians 5 18 says all this is from god And therefore, what ought we to do as believers? We ought to sit there and say, man, my life just really is terrible. (laughs) We ought to remember who we are in Christ. And we ought to bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let us adore God tonight for being the God of all blessing. God is worthy of worship. And we are eternally blessed. Let us worship him in in light of that.